this on? Okay. Um, before we get started, I would like for us to pray for Tyler Lusty tonight because he's having surgery on his left foot um, this Friday, and it's going to be a pretty complicated thing. There's several things going on in his foot. He's got several stress fractures, and I don't know what all they're going to have to do to him, but it's going to be a long, drawn-out process, and I want the Lord to be with him. Tyler, would you come up here and just... Uh, all of you that will just gather around and let's lay hands on Tyler and pray that this surgery will be successful and that the Lord would be with him and everything would go as planned. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. We thank you for Tyler. Thank you for his faith in you, God. And we know, God, that he is in your will, Lord Jesus. This is a young man, God, that's anointed by you, God, to do your work. And we don't know the purpose in this situation, Lord, but we know, God, that all things work together for Thank you all so much. Just be in prayer for Tyler this week. That looks better. Thank you so much. I appreciate all of you coming out on a Wednesday night. Y'all can be seated. Um, <clears throat> I, I want you all to, to look forward to Sunday morning service because we are going to have a time. And I hope I have my energy back by then. But for those, all the kids and the adults that went to Youth Congress, we're, we're going to do a whole service um, Sunday morning to, to tell you about it and uh, express what we feel like the Lord is doing. Um, I've never been in a more powerful, tremendous uh, services than what we were in last week. I, I probably cried gallons of tears. I mean, tears were just squirting out of my eyes. I saw many, so many phenomenal sights. I, I just I couldn't contain it all. It was incredible. I'm so thankful I went, but I'm so tired. This week I've hardly been able to function. So, um, but thank the Lord for what he is doing, and, and you will hear all about it Sunday morning. So invite somebody. Tell them, oh, you got to come hear what our young people hear about their trip and what God is doing for Generation Z. It's exciting. I'm so thankful to be a part of the church of God. And, and you know, um, <clears throat> I have felt it for a long time, but all the preachers last week just really confirmed, you know, everybody is feeling like, this is the generation that's going to see the coming of the Lord. Um, things have gotten spun so far out of control in America 
beyond my, I couldn't even dream this big of, of how it would be now. Um, so we know that, that God has everything in control and we're his people and he has a plan and a purpose for us that, so I just want to, I want to do my part. Do you, um, I, I don't want to just go through the motions of church, but I want to be filled with the spirit. I want God to be on my life, in my life. I want to be a soul winner, a prayer warrior, whatever we need to do. And then, of course, we, we are seeing persecution come to this country. We don't know what we're going to face in the future. But for the past two Sunday, Wednesday nights, we've been talking about forgiveness. And, and this is such a huge subject. Um, and so complex, there's no way to, to cover it in one Wednesday night unless we wanted to stay here till you know, about 6 the next morning, which I don't, I know you don't. Last week I got a little long-winded telling about the life of Joseph, but let me challenge you to go home and read and study the life of Joseph um, because tonight we're going we're gonna to apply um, Joseph, the way he dealt with betrayal, um, being lied on, you know, being mistreated by family, uh, so many things that happened to him, and yet he came through with a good spirit and a forgiving spirit. <clears throat> and the Bible even says um, that he's a type of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ forgave even the people that crucified him when he was on the cross he forgave <clears throat> so um tonight we're going to start with just a little review of some scriptures that we've covered so far Matthew eighteen thirty five, and if you will just read these out loud with me so my heavenly father also Oh, well, I'm reading a different translation. I'll read with you. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. So we learned the first night we are to forgive every trespass from our hearts. Okay? So sometimes that's not easy to do. And that's, that's why we keep talking about this and trying to um, give you ways of resolving this these hurts and conflicts in your life. Ephesians 4.32 And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And Colossians 3.13 Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And we talked about forbear means to hold oneself back from, especially with an effort like, oh, you get so mad at somebody, but you got to forbear. You got to hold yourself back and cease all thoughts of revenge. We have to forbear with one another. Somebody's going to push your buttons. Somebody's going to get your goat. And you have to learn how to handle these situations the way God tells us to. 
Let's look at Mark 11, 25 and 27. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. So that's a pretty, pretty hard statement. Plain, plain. If we don't forgive others, he's not going to forgive us. But what if I can't forgive? You don't know what they've done to me. There's no exceptions. God has given us a way in his word to work out all of these hurts in our lives, all these offenses that come. The Bible says offenses will come. You're going to get your feelings hurt. Your husband's going to hurt your feelings. Your wife's going to hurt your feelings. Your children are going to hurt your feelings. The people you work with, the people at church. Yeah, even people at church. So the reason I named these lessons the power of forgiveness is because forgiveness is power. Everybody say that. Forgiveness is power. Power to set you free. Power to open up new dimensions in the spirit. Power to experience the supernatural. Power to reach higher levels of spiritual authority. You want everybody wants that. That when you that you have spiritual authority to pray for your children, to pray for your family. Power to break down the walls of partition. Remember we talked about Jesus broke down the wall of partition when he died on the cross. That's what he wants us to do. Break down the walls that divide and separate us in our relationships. Because life is all about relationships. Power, forgiveness is power to usher in revival. I want to see revival. I had somebody prophesy over me at the, at the conference last week that revival was coming to Peace Tabernacle that was going to blow our, our minds. And I'm just going to be dumb enough to believe it. So forgiveness gives you power in the spirit. Unforgiveness, on the other hand, is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Unforgiveness hinders your prayers. If you've got unforgiveness in your heart, you can pray eight hours a day and you're not going to get anywhere. You've got to get it out. Unforgiveness is putting yourself in bondage. Walk into the cell, close the door, and lock the, the key. Or whatever, you know what I mean. It's like being in prison, putting yourself in prison. Because nobody can hold you in bondage to unforgiveness except yourself. Unforgiveness is hurting yourself more than the offender did. Unforgiveness can actually cause physical illnesses. Unforgiveness is bitterness springing up, causing trouble. You ever been around a bitter person? Everything comes out of their mouth is bitter. You just don't even like to be around those people. Causing trouble and defiling many. 
Because hurt people hurt people. And this last one, unforgiveness will cause you to be lost. Do you understand that? Do we really understand that? Unforgiveness will cause us to be lost. So last week, we we talked about the story of Joseph, which begins in chapter 30 of Genesis, where he's born into this highly dysfunctional family. Go read it for yourself. In Genesis 30, then it picks up again in chapter 37 when Joseph is about 17 years old. Read what all happened to Joseph. It's crazy. And so tonight, we're going to try to apply Joseph's example to ourselves, okay? Number one, do not let anyone know what someone said about you or did to you. Now, all of these that I'm going to talk about tonight, like when it says don't let anyone know, next week we're going to wrap it up. And we're going to talk about how to confront and how to resolve conflict. We're going to talk about what forgiveness is and what it's not. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you just turn a blind eye and pretend like nothing ever happened. Sometimes sin has to be dealt with. Sins against you have to be dealt with. So just keep in mind that this this doesn't apply to, because sometimes you need somebody to talk to. But this, that's not what this is talking about. This is like telling everybody that'll listen. Okay? Don't let anybody know what someone said about you or did to you. Joseph made everyone leave the room when he revealed himself to his brothers because he didn't want anyone to know what they had done to him. The real reason we tell is to punish the offender. We want to make them look bad. That's our human nature. Our tongue is a weapon. But God is asking us to lay down our weapons. Because when he forgives us, he doesn't tell what we've done. Right? So, number two. Do not allow anyone to be afraid of you or intimidated by you. When we haven't totally forgiven those who hurt us, it gives us a bit of pleasure to realize they're afraid or intimidated. Don't raise your hand, but if you've ever been in that situation, you know what I'm talking about. You get some kind of satisfaction out of knowing that they're afraid to approach you. But Joseph, knowing his brothers were terrified in his presence, how did he know they were terrified? He heard them talking. He said, this is what's happened to us because of what we did to our brother. He didn't know. They didn't know he could understand every word they said. They were terrified of him. So when he saw that they were terrified, you know what he did? He began to weep. He told them, come close to me. Come here. Come here, Christopher. Come close to me. Okay. He embraced them one by one. Now, if you really hate somebody and you're hurt by them, it's hard to embrace them. It's hard to say, come close. 
and let me hug you. No, we want to stiff arm them. We want to give them the cold shoulder. We, you know, come close to me. And he embraced them one by one. He had the power to do whatever he wanted to them. But all he wanted was to be reunited with them and for them to love him. When God forgives us, guess what? He doesn't want us to be afraid of him. I've met so many people that were afraid of God, afraid they would never be saved. I've had people in this church tell me, I don't think there's any hope for me. I'm just hoping my children can be saved. God is not like that. He doesn't hold our sins against us when we truly repent. He forgives. So number three, we will, we will want them to forgive themselves and not feel guilty. As humans, we love to punish people and make them feel guilty. Well, you ought to feel bad. You ought to feel bad what you did. Joseph knew his brothers felt guilty because he heard them talking about it. He totally let them off the hook when he said, don't be angry with yourself. God sent me here to preserve you. Neither does God want us to feel guilty after he has forgiven us. Let's read Romans 12. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you or depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, Avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink, for in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. That's not the world we live in. Everybody wants to get back. So number four, it's a lifelong commitment. So I'm going to read to you. Is, did I give you Genesis chapter 50? Okay. Let's read that together. You can, I'm going to read it from my translation. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead. Okay, so by this time, Joseph has revealed himself to his brothers. And they, he sent them back with all these wagons and supplies and said, go get our father, bring all the little ones, and you're, you're going to come dwell here with me, and I'm going to take care of you. So he moved back. He moved to Egypt and lived several years before he died. But when he, did, when he died and bro, Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong which we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father charged before he died saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, please forgive, I beg you, the transgression of your brothers and their sin for they did you wrong. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in God's place? 
As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result, to preserve many people alive. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. It's not total forgiveness unless it lasts. Have you ever gotten forgiveness for something and then somebody keeps bringing it up, what you did? They may have said they forgave you, but they keep bringing it up. It's not forgiveness unless it lasts, no matter how great the temptation is to turn back. So, holding a grudge. Have you ever known anybody that could hold a grudge? I used to be good at it. I'm going to confess. Holding a grudge reminds me of Emily and Great Expectations. How many of y'all have read that book, Great Expectations, by Charles Dickens? The jilted bride who never removed her wedding dress or the wedding feast was all still on the table till the day she died. Have y'all read that? Okay, it's it's in Charles Dickens' book, Great Expectations. And this this young bride, her husband... Um, to be he ran away the day of the wedding and he didn't show up and so she lived to be a ripe old age she never went outside of her house again she never removed her wedding dress and all the food that was on the table everything rotted and was covered in dust and her clothes were turned into rags she was never able to move forward she was stuck on that fateful day, she could not get past it. Now, we're not wearing rotten clothes or eating rotten food, but some of us get stuck. We get stuck by an event that happened, something hurtful in our past that we cannot move forward beyond it. We're stuck. It keeps us there. It keeps us from moving forward in God. It keeps us from moving forward in our relationships. That's not God's will. That's why he said you need to forgive. You need to forgive. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity, which is love, envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. I I like this translation. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged keeps no record of being wrong. That's hard to do. That's hard to do. So you have to learn, and we all have to learn this. Some of us have to learn it more than others because some people are just naturally, more naturally forgiving. They don't hold on to things. But some people, they take everything so personal and they internalize it. And it's so hard for them to move past it. I was one of those people. Now, my husband, we were young. 
I grew up in a family that did not allow fighting. We never saw our parents fight. We could not, we could not ask why if our dad said, no, you're not going there. We couldn't say why, even if it was a church event, because you didn't question him. So when I married so young, it's like I moved out from under my daddy's thumb, under my husband's thumb. And I, I just did what he, he said without question. But there came a time that I began to resent being treated like a kid instead of his equal. And he's the type, he would blow up and get mad and, and just blurt something out. And he, he'd tell you, can you believe he'll tell you how he feels? Can you believe that? And I wasn't used to that. I was used to saying what I thought they wanted to hear. Because don't rock the boat, you know? And it caused so much turmoil in my life. Probably that's why I have an irregular heartbeat to this day. Because I internalized so many things, and my heart would pound, and I would want to say something, but I something held me captive, and I couldn't. So I would stew about it for weeks. I'm telling you, when you cannot, when you don't know how to handle conflict and offenses, and and you're the type person that wants to keep the peace at any cost, that is a miserable way to live. And it's not God's will for us to live like that. We can have a major blow-up in our marriage. And my husband would think, well, I got it off my chest. Are we good now? And I'll be like, yeah, we're good. And I'll be, And for weeks, I would just be fuming. Couldn't be honest about my feelings. That's not God's will. But do you know, I don't have my Bible with me tonight, but God has given us the solution for every relationship problem we will ever encounter in his word. That's what is so amazing about the word of God. It is timeless. It applies to every generation, every culture from, for all of time. It never gets outdated. Ah, oh, when we learn to do it his way, what freedom, what relief. What relief to know that I can serve God without feeling condemned all the time because I know I messed up. So when, when bad thoughts pop up in your mind and you've already forgiven somebody, don't hold a grudge. Just mentally think about that delete button on your computer and just delete it. Delete, delete, delete. The Bible says we need to bring every thought into obedience to Christ. All right, number five, we will pray for them to be blessed. So when you can truly pray for the one who hurt you to be blessed, you are being set free indeed. When you want God to deal with them the way you want God to deal with you. We, there, you know, it's said that when, when we're wronged, we want justice. But when we're wrong, we want mercy. So we've got to pray for them that God would deal with them like he deals with us. So those are five things that we can remember in dealing with offenses and, and forgiving those that hurt us. 
Don't let anyone know what someone said or about you or did to you. Do not allow anyone to be afraid of you or intimidated by you. We will want them to forgive themselves and not feel guilty. It's a lifelong commitment, and we will pray for them to be blessed. Okay? I think what I'm going to do, if I have time next week, is put together a little notebook about forgiveness to give you all some of these things to keep that you can refer back to. Um, now, we're fixing to see a little five-minute video. And this is Hannah Lee's testimony. Now, Hannah Lee had some really, really hard things happen to her and um, that she was able to forgive. Let's just watch the video. Psalm 91 He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. received this calling from the Lord but the Lord has got a purpose for us as a family to live out our love for him our love for the Afghans to serve and here we are God take our lives and make with us whatever you find pleasant and, and good in your purpose so it was a normal day for us and then I just went to the office and he was teaching that morning Actually, that was the routine every day. And for the children, if they didn't have a weekend or didn't interact with their friends, they were doing schoolwork. Both of them have got a deep walk with the Lord and there's this hunger for the Lord that's very precious. And they are growing. They are growing in their faith day by day. And it's wonderful to be their mom and experience how they are growing. Um, and living their lives for the Lord in a place like Afghanistan. Most wonderful thing the parent can do for his child is to bring him up in the Lord's way so that he knows who his creator is and that he can have a loving relationship with the Lord and live a life for that purpose. <laughs> I've asked myself many times in the past, Lord, is this really where you want us? Because of all the difficulties, the challenges, we can lose our lives any time for the Lord. When I look at that in the spiritual realm, I know that he will not take us to a place like Afghanistan and just dump us there and he doesn't have a plan and a purpose for that. So I know 100% that we are in the right place, that we are obedient to the calling Tell my children, um, John Pierre and Today, you will face a very difficult day today. Um, 
and I'm not going to be there to help you. And Daddy is also not going to be there to help you. But Jesus is going to be there to help you through this, and He will be there. He promised never to leave us, nor forsake us. I believe they are in front of the Lord's throne, worshipping Him, praising Him, glorifying Him. And that they are just waiting for me to finish the race as well. Hannah Lee asked at the end of the video, what are you willing to give? But I ask, what are you willing to forgive? She was a, a doctor and her husband was a minister and they felt the call to go to Afghanistan to share the gospel. And after they, they got work, they must have, they watched them and they knew their pattern and they knew they would all be home on this Saturday. But the hospital where she worked, they said, we've heard rumors that there's going to be some kind of attack today. We need you to come in. We don't know what's going to happen. We just need all doctors on staff. That's the only reason she wasn't there. They went intending to kill the entire family. They, they shot up her husband and her children so many times. It's incredible what they did to the. And then some of them... Um, blew themselves up and the house burned. Um, how do you forgive that? This is what Hannah Lee says. Forgiveness, such a small word, but such an impossibility in many people's lives. Forgiveness, I learned that forgiveness is a process that starts with a willful choice, a first step in the right direction. A journey to freedom. The freedom to not be consumed by bitterness and hatred. The freedom to continue to be light in the world and the salt of the earth. I had to speak forgiveness over the lives of many people after the day of the attack. The mastermind behind the attack. The puppets who were used in the attack. 
the Afghans I trusted with my life and whom I leaned upon, but who weren't who they said they were. People who deliberately wronged us, who betrayed us. People in South Africa who turned their backs on me when I needed them the most. But today I am free. Free to trust again. Free to love again. Free to take a chance again. Not bitter, but better. Forgiveness is so important to experience a life of victory, to be able to carry on. Forgiveness is the ability to choose to not judge people, but to leave judgment for God, who is the real judge. The role as judge was never allocated to me. Therefore, I cast the chains of unforgiveness as quickly as possible from me. I rarely give a thought to the attackers anymore. I don't waste time to think of those who mercilessly detonated themselves, those who heartlessly aimed the rifles at my family and pulled the triggers mindlessly, believing lies from Islam. I carried on with my journey and know peace, love, and joy and fulfillment again. Joy always comes from within from our spirit that relates to the Holy Spirit living inside us as God's children. Nehemiah 8.10 says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. I was able to throw off the yoke I was carrying and find fulfillment and joy in my Savior and rock, Jesus Christ. Every day is now a new day, filled with God's grace. The life-giving water is flowing constantly and abundantly from the throne of grace through me as an available and willing vessel and is able to nourish and replenish a broken and thirsty world out there, a world that is crying out from thirst for God and not even realizing it. But I will not be able to do it if I cling to unforgiveness and bitterness. Nobody can make you happy. You hear that? Nobody can make you happy. It is unfair to expect that from anybody. Happiness is something that comes from within through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. God's promises to me as his child filled me with hope for the future. He invited me to cast all my cares on him because he takes care of me. He told me not to fear because he is constantly with me, ready to help me. There is still so much I can accomplish for God in this world, so much love I can give, so many hearts I can still reach and influence in a wonderful way. I can pour out my God-given gifts, talents, and abilities on the needy and constantly sow the seeds of love around me. But I will not be able to do it if I cling to unforgiveness and bitterness. So many factors influence us from different angles every day. It sucks our energy. It makes us weak and vulnerable. We have so many to-do lists and no time. No energy or strength. There is too much information and too many demands on our lives. We will not be able to survive if we cling to unforgiveness and bitterness. It will drain our lives and destroy our ability to love. It will destroy our ability to love. Choose, therefore, she said, to forgive. And none of us in here have ever had to forgive what Hanalee's had to forgive. Thank God. 
Sometimes we get hung up on the dumbest things. We make a mountain out of a molehill in our relationships, and we don't realize how important that your relationship with that person is way more important than any issue you will ever face. But you see, we have an enemy of our soul. Your enemy's not your spouse. Your enemy's not that person, that difficult boss, or your mother-in-law, or anybody else that's difficult in your life. Our enemy is Satan. And he wants to kill, steal, and destroy from all of us the, the abundant life that God intends for us to have. And what a subtle little way to do it than to sow a seed of bitterness in our hearts towards somebody that lives in our own house. They say you can't have heaven at church if you're having hell at home. So listen, folks. Y'all are good people. We all go through things. But God is wanting us to get this. He is wanting us to get this deep down in our souls because if we cannot become good forgivers and reconcilers, we're not going to win the lost. Hey, we may not even be saved. That's a powerful statement. That's not my statement. That's not what I think. That's what the Word says. So it's a big deal. And so what I want you to do, along with myself, I I want us to search our hearts every day and ask God to help us to truly forgive one another and to not hold grudges and not to withhold forgiveness when people ask us and when they sincerely repent and they're remorseful for what they've done. Some of you have been through some hard things. You know, I know I know. there's people in our church that have had horrible childhoods. And, and, and I've seen so many adults, it's hard to forgive their parents for what they allowed to happen to them. But we've got to reach a place where we, we let it go. And we give it to God. And we place it in our lives and all the hurt in his hands so that we can become an instrument in his hands. God wants to heal us. He wants to heal our families, our marriages. Now more than ever before, we need to show the world what a godly family looks like. Yes. I mean, it's becoming a rare thing in this country. And and there's so many. I read a lot about the kids that are of this generation, the confusion of not knowing who they are, what they are, so much. They need to see people that are secure in their relationship with God and that can say, there is a God and he loves you. All right, let's stand together. We're going to pray. Lord, I thank you for your word that is so powerful. And I thank you, Lord, that you've made a way for us to receive forgiveness of every sin we've ever committed. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how horrible. You have forgiveness for all of us. And we ask you tonight, Lord, 
from our hearts, God, that you would help us as your people, as children of God, filled with your spirit, that you would help us, God, to practice this, beginning in our own homes, Lord, that we would learn how to be forgiving, to extend forgiveness, and to ask for forgiveness. Help us, God, not to be irritable with one another and rude. Help us not to keep a record of wrongs uh, that each other has done to to one another, the things that we hold against each other. God, help us to let it go tonight. Help us to put it under the blood and leave it there. In Jesus' name, and I ask you, Lord, that you would help us all, God, to become the people of God you would have us to be, a light in this end time that is getting so dark. Help us to be a light, Lord, and salt, like Hannah Lee said. God, help us not to be so consumed with our own problems that we can't see the world around us and what you desire us to do. But free us tonight, Lord, from the prison of bitterness and unforgiveness. Free us, God, in our spirits, Lord, to become vessels of honor for your sake and for the the gospel's sake and for the end time's sake, the end time revival that we desire to see in the name of Jesus before you come back to get your bride who has made herself ready. In Jesus' name, we ask you to help us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you all for being attentive. And I don't see my husband, so I don't know what happened to him. I hope he's okay. Okay, Um, y'all are dismissed.